Welcome to the official It's All Dead podcast. The music is dead. Long live the music. Welcome to the official It's All Dead podcast. My name is Kyle Hawk, the uh, editor-in-chief at It's All Dead. And with me, as always, is my my trusty companion, my buddy, my pal, senior editor Kyle Schultz, coming from Chicago. Kyle, welcome. Hi, you're making me blush. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, if uh, you've never listened to this podcast before, we're a couple of dudes who have a website called It's All Dead. And uh, we write about music, and then we do this podcast, and we talk about music, and we're really obnoxious about it. Um, but hopefully you'll still find us lovable anyway. Um, and t- for today's podcast, we're talking about Riot Fest, and we're re- recording this on a Wednesday, uh, September 9th. And Riot Fest is only a couple days away. The, the Riot Fest Chicago uh, weekend is, is coming up. Kyle lives there. He will be there. I am leaving Friday afternoon to head up there and join him, um, and we will be there for a weekend of uh, music, and uh, I, we're both really excited about it. I last year was my first Riot Fest, and I, if I'm remembering right, was it your second time going? Yeah, it was. Um, it's by far my all-time favorite festival. It's just amazing. Yeah, I remember you talking about that first year you went out because I think that was when Fall Out Boy got back together and they were playing Riot Fest. And I, I just remember your experience and sharing it. I was like, man, that sounds cool. Because it already, I mean, it, for years now, it's had a pretty, pretty incredible lineup. Um, and that's that continues over into this year as well. So it's kind of like, it's kind of a must see festival. I mean, and I can't imagine who would go and not enjoy themselves because there's so many different bands and types of music. Uh, it's really kind of covers. A, a ton of different genres. It's uh, it's honestly the most diverse uh, festival I know of. Um, yeah, the year it sucked me in was the year that a uh, Fall Out Boy got back, back together. They were headlining one night. The next night, Blink One Eight Two was headlining, and then the night after that was uh, AFI and a couple other bands that I don't remember because AFI is just <laughs> that damn good. Yeah. And I <laughs> uh, last year was just another powerhouse and one of the things i really like about this festival is they really try to go out of the way to find uh bands with really big followings that really want groups to come back together and they do a nice uh matchup of current bands that are just um killing it out there and bands that are maybe 20 or 30 years old that uh you don't hear about as much because uh their fan base is a lot older and it pushes them all together and pu- pulls their uh, fans together and uh it's just it's a wonderful blending of genre and uh, eras and generations, and it's just weird being at a festival with someone who's three times your age and you're loving it just as much as they are. Yeah, that's what I felt like last year was that I felt like it was a warp tour for grownups or something. You just felt yeah. like there were so many different age groups and and people, and it was just kind of awesome to see everybody come together like that. And it was totally chill. Like everybody just seemed really happy to be there and around each other, which is kind of nice. Um, and- yeah, it, Warp Tour for Grownups is the best way to put it. Like, it basically was every band that I wish I'd seen on Warp Tour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so you mentioned band getting bands back together. The reason that you know I got one over last year and decided to make the trip was because Sayosin had reunited and was going to be playing Riot Fest. And uh, you know I've talked about them a lot on this podcast and I've written about them on the site. Um, but they are one of my favorite bands, and it was one of those moments of like there was no way I wasn't going to miss that. Um, and so that was awesome. It was incredible to see Sayosin, but then the whole uh, the whole experience ended up being great because there were so many other awesome bands that I was happy to have seen. 
And so this year I was planning on, I, I don't know why I was thinking this. I feel like there were, maybe the people, there were rumors about it and it also seemed to make sense. Another one of my favorite bands is Acceptance and uh, they're reunited and have been playing some festivals. And in my mind, there was no way they weren't going to play Riot Fest. So um, they're not playing. But the funny thing is that another reunion happened that I didn't even in my mind think was possible that would be happening, which is the Academy is. And so it was just another, I mean, there's, it's just so many cool things that seem to happen like every single year. Yeah. And, uh, I believe it was two years ago, they managed to uh, pull the replacements back together, which are a legendary punk band from the eighties that just haven't done anything for years. So it really does pull back, um, a lot of bands that you don't expect to see whatsoever. And it's a nice surprise every year to actually see them, uh, make that happen. Yeah, absolutely. And I, the other thing that stuck out to me about last year, the, the one thing that I remember coming away with not being crazy about was the layout um, at Humboldt Park, how it took you know an hour to get from one, say, one stage on one side to the other side, and the fact that the weather was miserable that weekend, which wasn't Riot Fest's fault, but it was like really sloppy and nasty, which made it even harder to walk from one place to another. Um, but this year it's going to be in a different location, Douglas Park, which neither of us are familiar with, but I think we're both interested to see uh, how it plays out. I've, From what I've seen from the map, it looks like it's going to be easier to navigate. Like it's kind of in a circle. So it's not like if you if you want to see a band on another stage, there's not that possibility that you're going to have to walk 30 minutes or whatever to get to the other side, um, which will be if that if that is indeed how it plays out, it'll be much more convenient. Yeah, that's how it was the uh, first year I went. It was much more open, so you could get to one side or the other really quickly. Um, last year, they moved it to another part of Humboldt Park, and uh, whatever the reason for that was, the layout wasn't as good. It was more or less kind of a straight line. You kind of had to curve your way around to find each stage. So one stage would just be in the far corner, and the other one would be uh, you know, right when you entered. And there are very narrow gaps to kind of walk through for some of the areas, so I'm hoping the layout is a lot better for this. Yeah. Well, what we're going to talk about tonight is uh, we're just going to kind of preview the festival a little bit and talk about some of the uh, bands we're really excited to see. And so it obviously makes sense to start with Friday. We're just going to work our way through the schedule. And uh, Kyle, I know you said you've written down some bands that uh, you're looking forward to on each day. So why don't you go ahead and start us off and tell us about um, who you're excited to see on Friday? Gladly. Um, one of my favorites I want to see is uh, Flogging Molly. And that's not kind of a big catch, but it's just something it fits the fe the festival so well. They've been around for a really long time. Uh, they're basically the definitive Irish rock band. Um, Drunken Lullaby is like a staple punk album, and they're just made for a festival. Like a lot of the bands that come to these type of festivals and stuff, their songs are made for clubs or theaters where you have a small but loyal fan base. Mm -hmm. And uh, Flogging Molly is one of those few bands where all their songs are made so that everyone in the crowd loses their shit immediately. Right. Yeah, I've, um, um, I think I've, I saw them play Warp Tour once. That the flogging Molly is an experience that you can only have in a large group of not quite sober people and fully <laughs> enjoy it. I mean, yeah. That... <laughs> yeah, it just seems like this is the type of ideal setting for their style of music. Yeah, for sure. Um, another one. Another one I'm really excited for is Against Me. Uh, they played a couple of years ago, the first one I went to in 2013, 
and they were one of the best bands there. And that was when uh, Laura Jane Grace was still kind of transitioning, and the band was a bit on hold. And uh, I think this is kind of it was kind of a one-off show um, while that was going down. Now that uh, you know everything's kind of been settled, and Transgender Dysphoria Blues has been out for over a year, uh, I can't wait to see them back in full action, especially with a lot of the more of the songs from that album. Yeah. Um, considering how good they were back then and uh, they weren't even in full rotation with touring, I can't wait to see the level of energy they bring to this. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm excited to watch them as well. Um, and then the other one I really can't wait to see is Coheed and Cambria. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've never seen them, and I've always wanted to. And it's just, no matter, I have differing opinions on the last couple of albums they put out. I, you know, but they're definitely one of the most talented bands in the business. Um Claudio Sanchez is just a master on the guitar and there's really no one else like him out there, even in metal. It's just, it's a very unique band with a very unique frontman. And, uh, I have friends that have seen him and apparently the show is just supposed to be legendary for how similar they sound to the actual albums and the band's ability to just jam out for a while in the middle of a song that shouldn't take 20 minutes. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, I mean, they're one of the bands that have a rapidly loyal fan base and, um, you know, I really think this will be a good place for them to not only show off their credit in front of that many people, but really suck more people into their level of energy. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see them too. Uh, I've actually never seen Koya in Cambria, which seems weird. It feels like I should have seen them multiple times, but for whatever reason, I've totally missed out on them. So yeah, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to try and catch that set. It's interesting. The As I'm looking at the schedule for Friday, there's several overlaps for me, whereas like Coheed and Cambria kind of overlaps with Thrice, which is another band that's kind of back together and doing this festival. And I would kind of like to see their set. So I know I'm going to have to make a tough call in the moment. Um, but uh, I'll go ahead and run through a few bands that I'm kind of interested in for Friday. First being Every Time I Die. Um, I have never once been disappointed by this band's live set and I've seen them many times. Um, but they are just a blast. And Keith Buckley is, I, he's one of the best front men, uh, in music. I think that his energy level is just incredible. And that, that band is just always awesome. Um, and <clears throat> they're, they're kind of, it's interesting cause they're such a, a heavier band for, you know, I, as I'm looking at the schedule for Friday. Um, but I, I'm really glad that they're there. Um, I'm also, uh, excited to see, and this is interesting because I, I work with a guy, uh, who went with me last year and he's into punk. And when I say punk, I don't mean like a lot of the punk that I'm into and that we talk about on the podcast stuff, like actual, like real punk music. Um, and his favorite band of all time is Faith No More, who I'm not saying they're a punk band, but they are a band kind of in his realm of what he listens to. Um, who recently got back together after, I mean, I can't remember how long they've been broken up over a decade, I think. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so he's, he's kind of introduced me to them in a way that I, you know, didn't really look into them before. Um, so over the summer, we've kind of been sharing some music back and forth, knowing that we would be going to this festival. Um, and he's really gotten me excited to watch their set. So he's, he's extremely pumped because it's been years and years since he's seen his favorite band live. So I'm excited to just go and watch them with him. Um, cause I, I kind of like that experience of seeing people see their favorite bands. So that, that will be kind of cool. Um, the interesting, the, the most interesting thing for me on Friday is going to be making my decision about the headliner because, um, 
Ice Cube and special guests are playing straight out of Compton remix. I have no idea what's going to happen with that. But uh, NWA <laughs> and straight out of Compton was like a really big deal for me growing up. And so I'm like really kind of interested to know what is going to happen with that and who these special guests are that are going to show up. But they're playing at the same time as No Doubt, which is another band for me that I really loved growing up. And I, I've never seen No Doubt live. So I have no idea like how I'm going to manage that or go about making that decision because I feel like both of those things are things that you should see if they're available to you. Like if no doubt is playing, you should watch them. But if something crazy is going to happen and you know, ice cube and who knows, I, I have no idea who's going to show up with that for that. Like that could be like an all time great moment. <laughs> so I don't, I have no idea how to make that yeah. decision or what I'm going to do. Yeah. That's the other blessing and curse with riot fest. It really forces you to pick and choose what you're going to see because a lot of times the lineups are so good and overlap so much. You have to make really difficult calls. Um, there was a point last year when dashboard confessional was playing for the first time in years and I had to cut them off about halfway to go see the Get Up Kids play uh, yeah. something right home about from start to finish. Yeah, and at the same time that was going on, Wu Tang Clan was performing. Like I stuck it out a dashboard just because I, I I started there and then I just got totally into it. And by that point, it was too late to try to get over to see Wu Tang. But it's just like I was realizing, like, oh my gosh, there's no way I can experience everything that I kind of want to hear. <laughs> so it's like a it's a blessing and a curse, but. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens Friday night. Um, you want to move on to Saturday? Yeah. For me, this is the big um, one. <laughs> I think it is It is for me, too. Uh, most of the stuff I want to see is on Saturday. And I think for both of us, the headliner is going to be the Academy Is. Yeah. It's just – it's the main reason to go to Riot Fest. It's a, it's a reunion no one saw coming of arguably one of the most underrated bands of the last decade – uh, performing their best album, and it's an album that it's been ten years, and people still uh, are talking about it nonstop. Yeah. And um, I don't really know what to think of this yet because the band's alluded to the fact that this is probably going to be their, you know, goodbye set in a way. Mm -hmm. But there's also been hints that maybe like there's something else brewing on the side, but they haven't said. I, I don't know what to think about it, but um, I never got a chance to see them when they were big, and I cannot wait for this yeah i'm i'm so stoked i mean that it was kind of one of those things where i realized acceptance wasn't going to be playing riot fest but like that pain was washed away and the fact that the academy is was getting back together and that they were going to play almost here in its entirety because <laughs> i i saw the academy is it was around the time i guess santi was out i don't think they'd put out the third album yet um, but just I, even then, I was like, man, I would love to see this band play almost here from front to back. And now we're going to get to experience it. And I saw William Beckett play a solo performance yeah. uh, back in July here in Indianapolis. He sounded better, like vocally, than I've ever heard him. Like it was unreal. Like I was like, oh my gosh, how are you getting better? So I'm I'm really <laughs> excited to see them. Yeah, this would be good. Um, one of the other ones I'm excited for is the movie Life. And uh, for me, they're one of the first bands I ever listened to. It's from the golden age of drive-through pop punk in the early 2000s. And uh, they just got back together last year, I believe, after being disbanded for fucking 11 years or something like that. Um, and they're a band that, when I first heard them, I thought they were too hardcore for me when I was first getting into music. Mm -hmm. And it's been 
12 years since their last release, and it's still a band that people are clamoring to see more of. So I can't wait to see them play. And uh, for being a band that their heyday was like 15 years ago, and they still have hardcore fans that follow them. Yeah. Um, The big thing for me on Saturday is just there's a lot of older bands that I really want to see, and I don't know that much about any of them, to be honest. Like, um, one of the big ones for me is Merle Haggard. I don't know anything about Merle Haggard. I don't know any of his songs. I've never listened to him. The only thing I know is he's like a country legend. Right. And for for being a band that dips into every genre that you can think of, this is the only country act I know of that's going to be there. And I don't like country, but I want to see him and see what he can do. Like, for being someone who's been at the top of the music food chain for decades, I am so interested to see what he can pull out, uh, you know, at a rock festival. It just seems like such a weird mix. It's like, I really can't wait for it. Yeah. Like I'm just looking at what's surrounding his set. It's just like, what is happening? (laughs) You've got Bootsy Collins and then Merle Haggard and then Billy Idol and then System of a Down. And it's like, what? Yeah. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. And that's another one. Like, uh, Billy Idol, Iggy Pop, System of a Down. It's just there are so many bands that it's just they haven't been around for so long, or uh, or System of a Down, System of a Down hasn't been around for so long. Billy Idol and uh, Iggy Pop have, but it's just there's so many things that they're almost legendary status in music, and they're just kind of they're not even the headliners; they're just there. Yeah. And uh, that's what's so crazy about this. Yeah, it is. It is insane. I'm. So I'm kind of looking forward to a lot of the stuff you mentioned there. Um, in addition, I will probably watch Mayday Parade. They've, uh, you know, been a favorite band of mine for a long time, and uh, they've got a new album coming out. They're kind of switching up their style, so I'm excited to hear a little bit more of that and mm-hmm. hear some of the old standards as well. Um, an inter- another interesting moment for me will be choosing between Alexis on Fire and The Devil Wears Prada. Um I, there's probably people listening that are like, this isn't even a question. Go watch Alexis on fire. That's another band that just is back together recently. So it'd be kind of cool to get to see them. Uh, but at the same time, I, I enjoy the Devil Wars Prada a lot. I, I really like their live sets too. So I'm not sure I may go to like Alexis on fire for a while and then switch over uh, to the Devil Wars Prada, but we'll see. Um, the Academy is, that's my big one. That's, that's the moment I'm looking forward to the most. But at the end of the day, I feel like I would go and really enjoy System of a Down set. Um, I feel like I would have a really good time. But at the same time, I just love Taking Back Sunday. And I remember last year, you and I watched Taking Back Sunday. They played Saturday night, uh, same thing. And uh, like we were, ev- we were all singing along to the songs, and it was just awesome. Like it was dark by then, and it was just, I don't know. I remember having a blast at their set last year. Yeah, Taking Back Sunday is a weird band for me because – I think it's just personal. Honestly, I don't know anyone else that feels this way, but it feels like every album they put out is their last one. And I always think like they're kind of on the way out or like, it always seems like they're on the edge of uh, just kind of dissolving at any point in time. But this is the second year in a row that they've headlined the festival. And last year their set was fucking insane. Yeah. And um, honestly, I cannot wait to see them again. It's just, it's almost not a choice for me. I have to see Taking Back Sunday. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't know why I always think, like, they don't have as big of a fan base as they do because it's there. It's always there. Yeah, that crowd last year and, was intense. Uh, yeah. No, and uh, the way that um, Adam, 
he finished the last song by climbing up on the scaffolding and hanging upside down and singing like the entire last song upside down 30 feet in the air. It's just, they really pulled out all the stops to make sure that uh, whoever was there to watch that show remembered it. Yeah, absolutely. That's, uh, it's, I'm, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be at the Taking Back Sunday set. So if anybody's listening and uh, <laughs> is trying to stalk me, that's where I'll be. <laughs> So that is Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a look at Sunday. Also, on a side note, well, on a side note, real fast, the saddest thing you might have ever heard is I just now realized that it's pronounced Alexis on fire and not Alex is on fire. Oh yeah, it's been years. <laughs> yeah, it's they're named after like a porn actress or something, I think, or maybe it's just a coincidence. But somebody told me that right. point. Yeah, I have no idea, but uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, Let's take a look at Sunday. Um, who are you interested in on Sunday? Sunday doesn't have quite as much uh, for me as the other two days, but I think one of the biggest gets for Sunday would be Less Than Jake, and that's mm -hmm. just my personal opinion because they're one of the few ska bands still out there, and they're amazing. Uh, I've seen them once or twice before, and I didn't know anything about by them before I'd seen them live and they have the rare ability that you just need to see them one time to be a fan for life uh, it's just they're incredible musicians the last time I saw them they had a wheel on stage that they pulled audience members up and just spin and whatever album it landed on that uh, audience member got to pick a song from it and the band would just play it <laughs> like they knew their entire discography just and there were no mistakes nothing wrong it's just Every song was incredible, and uh, it's just one of those bands that uh, you have to see if they're there. You just can't miss them. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, another big hit for me would be Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness, and uh, it's just it's a pure love of Andrew McMahon. I honestly I think that in the Wilderness is his. I don't know how best to say it, but probably worst CD he's put out. Mm. Um. And I've listened to it a lot, and I it's just, it's not really for me. But the thing is, he's such a good musician to see live. Uh, it doesn't even matter what band he's a part of or what he's playing. It's just, he's engaging, hypnotic. It, uh, it really pulls you in with the soulfulness of any song he's playing, whether it's just a piano ballad or just rocking out. It's just, he's one of the few acts that, uh, again, if you get the chance to see it, you have to take it in. You know, yeah. he's been at the top of his game for 15 years at least, and he's not slowing down. Yeah, and so he's playing the same time that Less Than Jake is, less than Jake is so that'll be uh, an interesting choice. It's a nightmare, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Another one for me is uh, the Airborne Toxic Effect, or event, I mean, and uh, it's, it's a band I don't know that much about, to be honest. They put out a CD a few years ago that I really, really liked, and I've honestly kind of forgotten about them for several years, but um, they're a hypnotic band. It's just they have a perfect mix of just indie pop and, uh, you know, crooning ballads, and um, their CD is just very engaging, and I am very curious to see what they actually do live, especially now that they've had years to build on that, put out more records that... I have ignored because I'm an asshole. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd uh, totally forgotten to this moment that you liked them, because I think we almost went to one of their shows together when uh, you were living in Indianapolis. Yeah. One of the headliners is Modest Mouse, and that's a band I've 
don't know anything about, to be completely honest with you, but it's just I've spent years hearing about how their live show is, and uh, I feel like they're an appropriate headliner for the final night if uh, the things I've heard about just how the energy they have, how um, you know amazing the uh, set lists are, if any of that's true, then they're a good headliner for the last night. Yeah, it's interesting. Like I'm looking, I'm on the Riotfest website right now, and if you put your cursor over like a band, it'll show you like how many people have liked that or are gonna have added that to their schedule or whatever. And there's a ton of people that are gonna go watch Modest Mouse. So, um, yeah, they're a big deal. Um, yeah, I'm the same as you. Sunday is the least appealing day to me, but there's still some interesting things. Like uh, De La Soul uh, is a hip hop group that I was into growing up that would be kind of cool to see. Um, and you know, again, I like, I f- even forgot they were doing this So I'm looking at the scheduling and I'm like, Oh yeah, De La Soul is playing at three o'clock on Sunday afternoon. That's really <laughs> weird. Um, Andrew WK kind of intrigues me just because, uh, one of my roommates in college used to listen to his first CD all the time. Um, and I just kind of have nostalgic, I guess, feelings towards Andrew WK for that reason. I haven't not listened to Andrew WK, like, I'm assuming he's put out music recently. I haven't listened to it, but uh, it would be still be fun to go, you know, pump your fist and sing along to Party Hard. Um, Here's the thing about Andrew WK. This is the third Riot Fest that I know of that he's been at, and I don't listen to him at all. It, like, I know Party Hard and maybe, like, one of the songs, and that's it. He puts on the best damn live show I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, like, I would totally believe it, that that would that makes total sense to me it feels like it would just be like you would leave with a smile on your face um so for me the the most intriguing piece of the lineup on sunday is snoop dogg playing doggy style in its entirety again just kind of like what how is this happening but there it is it's happening <laughs> at 7:45, and he's not even headlining on sunday which is crazy to me but that's i feel like that would be a really awesome set um, Tenacious yeah. D is on there, which is kind of an intriguing as well. Yeah. Um, Tenacious D has never really been a band I liked, but there are so many people that uh, are in love with them that it's just intriguing to see them on there because I've never really seen, you know, like a comedy band uh, at the festival before. So it's just really weird. Yeah. Uh, riddle me this. That's. <laughs> Yeah. How how is Knucklepuck playing an eight fifteen set on the final day? That doesn't even make sense to me. Yeah, I'm not sure. Is that? <laughs> but I, they're also on one of they're also on one of the smaller stages. So, yeah. Um, That's fair. They could be just headlining that one. But um, yeah, they're also you know their set ends right about the time that the headliners start. But I. Uh, that's either a really good spot for them or the worst they could have because everyone's going to be going to the headliners. Right. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Guys. <laughs> well, um, those are our thoughts on uh, the bands that are playing Riot Fest. Um, and we will, again, Kyle and I will be on site there at Douglas Park, and uh, I'll be uh, doing some live tweeting of the, the weekend as well on our It's All Dead account, which, by the way, if you don't follow us on Twitter, you can uh at it's all dead um there's it's underscore all underscore dead um so check us out there and follow us and uh you know give us give us a shout if you're around and uh want to meet up or hang out um trying to think here um before we finish up i I did want to ask one non-riot fest related 
thing because uh, at the beginning of the year, we did these uh, like a countdown of our most anticipated music moments of the year. And at number one, we selected The Wonder Years, which is a write-up you did. And uh, that was one of our most popular articles on the site this year. It's that that article about the most one, you know, most anticipated in Wonder Years has been getting traffic nonstop all year long. Um, and so it made sense that uh, we would do an album review of it. And I reviewed No Closer to Heaven when it came out uh, last Friday. But I feel like now I want to give you a platform really quick to kind of share your thoughts about the album. Because I know that, I mean, I, I feel like you love The Wonder Years maybe even more than I do. Oh, snap, you caught me off guard. Um, no, no Closer to Heaven is amazing. Uh, Wonder Years are a real a really hard band for me to kind of tackle because you can honestly talk me into any of their albums being the best one they ever put out. Mm. And uh, No Closer to Heaven follows that tradition with grand fashion. And um, it's weird because The Greatest Generation, I always felt like I love that album. I've listened to it more than almost anything else, even though I think Suburbia is my favorite. Yeah, uh, I've listened to The Greatest Generation almost nonstop for the last two years since it came out. And the thing about that is I feel like it has some of the best songs the band's ever written and some of me the most mediocre the band's ever written. Uh, it just kind of shifts as the album goes and everything. No Closer to Heaven, I think, is probably sonically at least the most comprehensive album they've ever put out, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, it doesn't sound like there's a dud in any of the songs they put out. It's glorious from the minute it begins to the end. Uh, I think it's you know the most cohesive they put because you can listen to it and it never feels like it's losing traction. Um, you know, like Suburbia and uh, Greatest Generation, it seems to slow down towards the end half and then picks back up for the closer. Or um, you know, there'll be something where you kind of you find yourself kind of zoning out in a little bit here and there. No Close to Heaven kept me engaged every single song straight through, and I've listened to it dozens of times since then, and it still does the same thing. Um, you know, it's a weird album because it's a bit of a shift, but it's hard to say exactly what that shift is uh, stylistically. It's just, it's a bit heavier, it's a bit more alternative than it is punk, but it's a perfect match for the band. It's a... Uh, it's just really weird because it feels like there's elements of Aaron West in it, especially yeah. in the way that uh, uh, Soupy sings, because he's perfected the fact that he can go from just screaming and shredding his vocal cords uh, to just whispering out of nowhere. And the only other person I can think of that can do anything like that is Davey Havoc from AFI, where he just goes from shrieking screams to just perfect, pitch-perfect uh, singing. And it's weird because it feels like Soupy's off-key all the time, but he's perfected it in the way that it's just yeah. – it fits this music perfectly, and it can't be any other way. Um, you know, musically, every member of the band is – it's the best they've ever been. It's just – it's hard to define if it's the best album they've ever put out, if that's based on uh, personal preference or, um, you know, the skill of the band. It's, it's really – it's one of the few bands that it's really difficult to say. But um, to put it simply, I fucking love it. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel the same way as you do on almost all of it. Um, the album reviews are hard. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed this, but it's yeah. <laughs> the thing is like you. OK, so a few weeks ago, I reviewed the new Carly Rae Jepsen album. 
that album went down pretty easy and it wasn't, I didn't wrestle with it a lot. I mean, I feel like how I feel about it is how I'm going to feel about it. But then there are albums that come out yeah. and I feel like there should be like a, this long waiting period before any of us should write anything about the album. And that's the Wonder Years. But of course, like the internet doesn't work that way. We have to have a review. We have to have something to say. We said this is our most anticipated album. What do we think of it? So we, we do the review and it's like, I wish, I don't know if, like I scored it four and a half out of five, but I already wonder if maybe I scored it too high, even though I still love it. Like, I feel like I need to spend yeah. a few more weeks with it. Maybe even the whole, maybe I need to spend autumn with it and then talk about how I feel about it. You know what I mean? I feel like it's going to be one of those albums where it's going to shift. It's going to sh- change. Um, and that's not to say I'm not going to still like it. I think I'm going to still like it. It's just a matter of like just swallowing it because there's so much there to take in. Um, that I think it's going to be a while before I'll, I'll know really definitively exactly how I feel about it, you know? Yeah, but that's the one thing that is unique to the Wonder Years that no other band in the scene has. Um, there's bands I've been listening to for close to 20 years now that I still love uh, every day, and each time I hear their music, it's just as magical to me as it was then. Yeah. The Wonder Years have only been a part of this for you know, five years or so uh, since they really started making um, waves with their music. And already people are talking about their albums the way that people talk about, like, Bruce Springsteen and U2 albums, <laughs> like how they have to kind of digest it and see what's going on with it. And there are thousands of band playing uh, pop punk, and no one talks about any of them the way they do the Wonder Years. Yeah. And it's so weird because there's so many bands out there trying to do the same thing. They're you know, they're very introspective, they're very real, they're very, uh, you know, talking about real things, they're really getting to the cutthroat of emotion, and yet there's something about the way the Wonder Years write that it pulls you in so drastically, and it you have to follow each song to hear the story of what's going on, uh, you know, in their lives, what's going on inside of them, what's going on uh, outside of them, and then... the and it's just pop punk. It's like it's hard yeah. punk music. It's just scrapping guitars, and yet it's so goddamn engaging the way that nothing else is. And uh, you know, it's one of those bands that I'm really worried that they're just gonna kind of peter out because of how much they've put into the last few albums. But at the same time, if they did, they're going to be the band that people are still talking about in 20 years, the way that people talk about the Sex Pistols. And they've been gone for so long. And that's what's crazy, because we're living in their golden age. And uh, I don't know if even we realize that until it's gone. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's some of the highest praise you can give. And I I agree with uh, what you're saying there. So um, what a time to be alive. Um, (laughs) You can... You can check out our review of the One Year's album and much more uh, very dead serious and very funny things at itsalldead.com. Uh, we want to thank you for listening to our podcast. Uh, if you like it, uh, give us a review on iTunes. Let us know how you think we're doing and hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on every show as we release it. Um, and we are happy that you listened in with us. So, Kyle, I'm looking forward to see you on Friday at Riot Fest and uh, hoping we have a good time. Yes, sir. All right, that's going to do it for the official It's All Dead podcast. I'm Kyle. He's Kyle. We will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the official It's All Dead podcast. 
You can download our podcast at iTunes and find exclusive music news and content at www.itsalldead.com. <laughs>